All right, everybody. Welcome back around the campfire. We're just gonna get this one fucking started. Gizmo, here Clay. again. Oh, sorry. Clay. I yep. didn't know I was talking over you there. Yeah, we're not good at intros. We're not good at anything. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> we're good at making bad podcasts. How about that? Um. So the what state? Michigan, Minneapolis uh, thing. That's Minnesota. Yeah. Whatever. Dude. Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, yeah. So. It has devolved from just riots now to riots and looting. Yep. So basically what we can get out of that is hood rat people are going to do hood rat shit always. This is true. And my wife actually asked me today, boy, we are jumping right in it. Yeah. So my wife actually asked me today what I thought about the whole situation, and here's my take on it. It's... kind of along the same lines as everybody else's but a little bit different because think about it you've had these people that are in low income areas for a long time right mm-hmm. they've been in there for a while for the past two to three months some of them haven't even been able to work yep they've been pushed down by this system for so damn long and they have nothing they have twelve hundred dollars well they have well they probably had twelve hundred dollars fair they've spent it on random shit such as the such as life, say la vie. So, what what I'm getting at here is, you look at all the things that's happened. You look at the riots. You look at the looting. It's all happening for a reason. People aren't just robbing these stores just to have fun. Now the dude's taking truckloads of TVs. That's I mean, it's kind of that's a little fucked up. Yeah, it's, that's that's kind of. <laughs> I mean, wrong. well, I'll say this: looting in general is a little fucked up. Yeah, because those private companies didn't murder a man in the street now see the what i heard was target the reason they picked target was because they were giving money to local law enforcement okay but who the what company wouldn't you know what i mean mean, that's security for them yeah it's i just i mean the the police protect their interests much more than they protect the private citizens interests it's a good business decision to pay police it is yes it is is 100 percent a good business decision so that being said i I can understand why these looters would do such a thing do i support it absolutely not if if you wanted to make a point if you you know you thought this target was just making it terrible for everybody else they were funding police they were you know this that and the other thing just burn the bitch down you know what i mean don't steal their shit yeah uh, that's stealing's wrong if you're just like the people use the the comparator of the boston tea party mm-hmm. okay well they didn't steal anything during the boston tea party they dumped it in the harbor right and it was only the tea right that's it nobody took any tea nobody stole it they dumped it in the harbor and said, fuck you, we and, don't want And nobody it. got hurt. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that too. Nobody got hurt, first and foremost. Nobody got hurt during that demonstration. So I think that that just goes to show you the, the right way and the wrong way. To, because that's... Hurting people is never a good thing. Well, I think we can all agree on that. Well, hurting, hurting people that have done nothing wrong yes. is never a good thing. If, and if it can be avoided, it needs to be avoided. Sometimes it's just not avoidable. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not. Collateral damage is going to happen sometimes. Like Revolutionary War, Civil War. Plenty of innocent people got killed, but here we are. So, 
uh, yeah, that that's kind of my take on on that whole situation over there. And if you want a more in-depth of our ideas of what's going on over there, check out the one the podcast we did with Biting the Bullet. We just recorded it yesterday. They don't release until Monday. We release like whenever we record because we don't do much editing and uh, we're lazy and we'll forget if we don't release immediately. Either way. So I guess we'll jump into kind of what we're going to be talking about today, which is going to be another campfire episode. Um, We're going to do the uh, shelter. And I think the the part of everybody's bug out bag and you know the kits and stuff like that that I, I feel like a lot of people like look over or don't think about enough or don't actually practice would be making a shelter because there's a lot of different ways to do it you can do it with like a tarp which is pretty damn hard and kind of sucks or you can do it with like a tent mm-hmm. which isn't really that bad or like a bivy which is basically like a sleeping bag that you won't get rained on in, which, in okay. my opinion, still kind of sucks. Yeah. So, you, those are kind of your your three things there. And the bivy, I don't really have much experience with, so I'm not really going to talk that much on. But the um, doing it with a tarp, you need a couple of things, and the first thing you're going to need is a good, obviously, a good tarp. And those are kind of expensive. You can get like wax coated canvas, which is the ones that most people generally generally use just because they last a lot longer than all the rest of them. Right. Um, there are some, like from Walmart, like the blue tarps everybody's familiar with. Yeah. But they don't really last as long. And when you put a lot of tension in the eyelets, the eyelets tend to kind of pull, pull out, out a little yeah. bit. And it's, you know, it's not the best way to do it. So that's how I've done it a couple of times when I went out just because I didn't want to spend $80 on a fucking tarp that I'm only going to use to sleep in sometimes. Right. And, you know, it's it's compact, which is great. It's lightweight because it's just a fucking tarp. And you only need to carry the tarp, some 550 cord, some number six bank line, and some tent stakes. Yeah. And you know what bank line is, right? No. It's basically, imagine, uh, you know the, the string the pink string that they use like on construction sites to make shit level and stuff like that like the chalk line kind of like a chalk line yeah okay basically it's like twine but it's okay. nylon okay i'm with you so it's like that but it's it's dipped in um tar so okay. it's tarred line so you can use it to like you can make a loop with it and that loop will stay in it you can hold it up and all that kind of stuff it's, okay it's hard it's, it's basically stiff, hard. Stiff. yeah it's stiff okay and the reason you want to use it is so that you can make like a hitch, you're going to put up what's called a ridge line. You're going to run your 550 cord from one tree to another. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tie it up real tight, and that's what's called a ridge line. You hang your tarp over that. And, of course, you know, if you hang a tarp on something like that, it's not really going to be the most stable thing in the world. So you take the bank line and tie it to that tarp and tighten it down to the top with that 550 cord. Okay, so I'm, I'm imagining this is in like a traditional stereotypical tent looking thing a little triangle yes looking deal this exactly. is the top of the triangle yeah okay at the very top of the triangle that's that's your ridge line and you take the bank line and you tie it each end of that top of the tent you tie it to that and then you tie it in such a called a prussic knot 
to the 550 cord so that you can tighten it down on the top of that so it doesn't wrinkle up and stuff like that. Yep. And then you stake down the four corners, of course. So you need at least, really need at least six stakes because there's a couple of different things you can do. Like you can do like a plow, a plow point. You can do a bunch of different, there's a bunch of different ways you can set up a tarp. And that's, that's one of the reasons I like using a tarp to do stuff like that is because you can set it up in so many different ways. Right. You can set it up to where like if it's hot like this, I'm doing an A-frame, mm -hmm. which is the regular one like what we were just talking about with Ridgeline tent stakes because one it's fast two if you set it up right and you set it up with the breeze mm -hmm. you'll get a beautiful breeze through there all night long okay if it's cold outside we're doing what's called a plow point and it's basically shaped like a plow it's like a a try imagine a triangle laying on its side against a tree okay that's basically a plow point so the tree is going to cover pretty much most of your entrance mm -hmm. and then all of behind you is closed in and then you make a fire right beside that tree. Okay. So you've got heat coming in there. You've got all of the wind off of you. And you can move that point because it's only using three stakes. Mm -hmm. You can move that point to the direction of the wind. That way you're always out of the wind and you've always got the fire right there on you. Gotcha. So that's good for cold weather. So for stuff like that, that's nice. And, of course, there's a bunch of different ways you can set it up to actually have a fire inside of the thing. But... I don't get into that stuff because it's it's really complex, and that's more of like a bushcraft type setup. Generally, just fire like inside is bad, no? Generally, yes. Yeah, <laughs> gen generally speaking, yes. That's a bad thing, but there there are ways to do it, like the Indians used to do. Right. It. You know what I mean? There are ways to do it. I'm not gonna fucking do it though. Usually, if you want heat, if it's really cold outside and you need heat inside of your tent, or you're gonna freeze, like let's say you only brought a wool blanket, mm -hmm. what you would do is you would take some rocks. Put them around the fire, not in the fire, but around the fire, and then take those rocks and put them in your bag with you. Oh. That way you've got kind of like a heating pad, basically. Yep. The rock will stay warm, and you always keep some so you can alternate out or yeah. something like that. Sure. Or it's a little bit, you know, whatever, but you can take like a bottle, piss in a bottle, and sit next to it because it's warm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's body heat. So And that'll work somewhat. Not really something that I would recommend, but it will work. Um, that kind of covers heat, I guess, but the, that, that's, those are kind of the biggest things about having a tarp as a shelter. And I see a lot of people, you know, I, before I did this, I watched some of the YouTube videos on the bags people have set out. And I was really quite surprised that not a lot of people have a fucking tent. And I mean, to me, I don't know about you, but to me... Dude, sleeping on the stars is cool and everything, but that's not ideal. Yeah, I'd prefer not to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that just kind of sucks. And that's, you know, if you talk to anyone who spent any time in the military, the whole point of, like, ranger school and stuff like that is it's going to suck. That's the whole point. Yeah. Your job as a ranger is to make it suck less, not make it suck more. Yeah. So carry a fucking tarp. <laughs> that way you can make it suck less. You know what I mean? So... From what I've gathered from the last however long you've been talking, uh, the pros of a tarp is versatility and lightweightness. Yes. Um, that, that, yeah, pretty cons much. Cons are it can be kind of a pain in the ass sometimes. It can be a pain in the ass sometimes, and the the biggest con to it is the fact that, like, you can't, if, if you haven't set it up before, you're not going to be able to do it. Gotcha. It, it really is complicated. Something that really does take 
practice. Yes, it, it really does. It, it's not something, you know, I came out here and, you know, I always set the stuff up in my backyard before I go anywhere with it because I want to make sure that I'm not going to freeze that night or get shit on by a bat. So, there, you know, I always try to make sure I know what I'm doing before I go into the situation. And, I mean, it, it really surprised me. I was like, I mean, yeah, how hard could it be to stake? I work in construction. How hard could it be to make a shelter out of a tarp? And really... It was, it was surprisingly difficult to make something that I would actually want to sleep in out of a tarp. Yeah. Now, you can make something that's going to cover you, and it'll do decent. But something that you're going to be like, you're going to be comfortable with for hours on end and know that you're not going to get rained on or, you know, something stupid happen, dude, that, that takes a minute. You know what I mean? That that right. you really need to practice that, and that's something that you need to be good at, because it, you know when it's time to set up camp, you don't have all day to do it. You're probably not going to have your phone. You're probably not going to have service. Yep. You're probably not going to be able to just go, you know, look up a YouTube video real quick. Right. <clears throat> so, if we're not going to carry a tarp, the other option seems to be a tent. And I'm going to guess that the cons of a tent are that you got to carry all the shit to set a tent up. Tent poles and the the canvas or whatever the tent itself is made of. And right. everything else seems a bit more bulky than just a piece of tarp and some glorified fishing line. Well, actually, believe it or not, if you get the right tent, they're pretty much the same size as a tarp. Really? They fold up to pretty much the same dimensions. Okay. They, the only thing is if you get, what I would recommend is you get a standalone tent, which means you don't have to string up a bunch of stuff. Right. You can just take these tent poles like everybody's used to, put them up, and you're ready to go. doesn't matter where the hell you're at. It's easy. It's simple. A lot of these things are pretty cheap, but. So, so a quick little sidebar here. Let me ask this. Are we talking, like, solo in the woods for all these situations? Because, yes, a one-man tent is pretty small, but, like, a three-man tent is not as small. Right. (laughs) So, basically, the way that you would load out is for yourself. And you would want to have, of course, you know, you would want to have a first aid kit for yourself. Right. You'd want to have food for yourself for at least three days, food and water. And then you would want to have shelter for yourself. Now, of course, I always carry two shelters. I always carry a tarp. And um, the stuff for a tarp, tent stakes, that kind of stuff, and a tent. For the reason of, I always set up a tent and I always camp in a tent just because snakes are curious and you can't zip up a tarp. (laughs) So (laughs) there's that. But with that, you also have some cons to that tent. If you only carry a tent and one of your tent poles breaks, Mm. that's kind of a shitty situation. Yep. You know, you might, you may be able to string something up. But, but at that if point, you're, not, you're out in the woods trying to jerry-rig something, and it's dark and cold and, and everything else. You're getting bit by bugs. Yeah. It's, it's just you're going by campfire light. It's not a good situation, so it sucks. That's why I always carry a backup, because I know I can set up a tarp in a few minutes. So right. that's ideal, but I can set it up in a few minutes versus having to jerry-rig this damn tent that I just broke a tent stake on. Yeah. And that's one thing that it's hard to fuck up a tarp. You know what I mean? It's just a a flat piece of cloth, basically, that's wax-coated. Hey, man, I I work in construction. I've seen it happen. That's fair. It can be done. (laughs) Don't mistake that. It can be done. It's just a little bit more difficult. However, a tent, they're easy to rip. The cheaper ones are easy to rip. They're easy to get holes in. Zippers tear up all the time. Mm -hmm. So you got to kind of take that 
and think, okay, am I going to be, you've got to kind of think about what you're using it for. You know what I mean? If you're going to be with a group of guys and you know everybody else only has one-man tents, you might want to kind of think about it and think, all right, well, I probably need to bring a one-man tent. But if you know everybody has tarps, you can make those tarps and put them together and make a massive shelter for everyone. Right. And that, in a survival situation, would be a lot better because you can communicate with people better inside of a tent when they're all connected. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah. hey, dude, did you fucking hear that? You know what I mean? It, it, it's an easier situation, even, even if it is just plain-out survival and not like a... A government thing or you know you're trying to hide out in the woods or something like that and of course that's shelter is one of those things where if you're trying to hide out from someone mm-hmm. yeah you might not want to set up a, a big tent in the middle of the forest you know what i mean right you may want to take a tarp lay it down real low and spread it out across a couple trees that way it's real low to the ground but you still won't get rained on right and i guess that's the appeal of a bivy is that it's not you know, you can just get in the thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not any kind of shelter or anything like that. But So let, let me take a little step back here and ask you this. You said the, the cheaper tents have problems with ripping and, and uh, zippers breaking and all that stuff. If I were to go out, you know, tonight, today, whatever, and buy a good high-quality tent for myself, I, I don't need, you know, the Gucci brand tent, just something that's going to work, something that's going to last. Um, you got a rough price range I'm looking at? Man, with you, really, the, the sky's the limit with those things, man. There's <laughs> there's brands out there that aren't exactly the most Gucci brand that are still like four and $500. Just depends on what kind of bells and whistles I want? Exactly. Just, okay. just the kind of material you want it out of. There's tents out there. Like, there is a, a special ops tent. I can't remember the name of it. But, it, I mean, it's nice. But it's tiny. And it's like, it's over $1,000 Jesus for a one-person tent. Now, it's modular. Like, you can hook it up to other tents. And, you know, it's really cool in that respect. But that's way too much for yeah, a tent. That's a lot of money. You know what I mean? You can, the sky's the limit with stuff like that. And that's why if, I think, if you were going to get an expensive tent, I think you would be better served getting a high-end tarp and learning how to use it. Because you can get, dude, you can get a massive tarp yeah. for 80 to 100 bucks. Right. That isn't going to tear up anytime soon. And you can just learn how to work the ropes and stuff like that. If you're willing, because the way I see it is if you're willing to dump five or $600 into a piece of equipment, you should be willing to dump that same amount of effort into it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yep. So if you're willing to invest $500 worth of either your time or your money into it, I think you would be better off spending $100 and then put $400 worth of your time into learning how to tie the knots and stuff like that. It's the same exact argument as the guy with the tactical rifle with 35 attachments who can't shoot MOA. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same argument. And I'm... My in in my life and in my things that I carry on me every day and the things that I have on my rifle and the stuff that I carry in my pack and all that stuff, they're all very simple. The only thing that I carry that has multiple layers that I just I totally wig out on would be my fire making kit. That's it. Because it's a lot of the stuff to make fire is pretty cheap. Yep. Pretty small, pretty light. Pretty small, pretty light, and it's pretty fucking important. Yeah, I can carry five Bic lighters, and it doesn't really add. I I understand that ounces make pounds, but a Bic lighter 
does not weigh much. I can carry five yeah. or six of them. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, and different ways to make fire. We just refer them back to the fire episode that you did. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Let's do that. For different ways to make fire, check out our previous episode on how to make fire. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, which I guess is really less of how to make fire and more of the equipment. Well, but a lot of the equipment for making fire is pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, that's fair. You strike this against yeah. that. And, yeah. Flick the bick. Flick the bick, <laughs> right? Right? So, yeah. I mean, shelter's, shelter's important. Um, and, of course, you can always... There's there's always going to be the guys like, oh, I'll make it out of sticks and twigs. Like, oh, okay there, commando. Calm down. Let's think about that. It's going to take you all fucking day to get the sticks and twigs that you're going to have to have to make this shelter. Yeah. You ain't doing that and hiking, brother. Right. I mean, that's... Dude, you would honestly not believe the shit that you can see on, like, Pinterest and Instagram and stuff like that. Look up, like, um, bushcraft on Pinterest and Instagram. Okay. Dude, it is insane the stuff that these people make out of just, like, wood. Right. from From the forest. But, I mean, it like, yeah, and that's cool and stuff, but like you said, that's a project. Yeah, that takes time. Exactly. It's, that's exactly. That's what I was getting at. Is that's, that's something that I would like to do, but that takes, like, that takes months. Yeah. That takes a long time. Like, these dudes have, like, a two-story house, basically, right. out of sticks, twigs, and moss. That shit takes time. So, going out there and thinking, you know, well, I've got my AR, I've got my plates, I got a water filter, and... 13 Bic lighters, a ferrocerium rod, I'm fucking ready to go. You're kind of missing a big point there. And along with shelter would be like sleeping bags and stuff like that, like sleep systems. Right. So it kind of sucked to have a wonderful tarp set up to uh, sleep with a rock in your back. Yeah, that would pretty much suck. (laughs) (laughs) That, That would suck. So with that, let's talk about the... Let's talk about from the ground up. Base layer is going to be a good sleeping mat. Okay. That's something that I I think people, once again, kind of overlook. But people that are in the military, when I just said that, a light just went off and you're like, uh, yeah, he's fucking right. (laughs) Yeah. If you've ever slept on the ground for an extended period of time. It sucks. Yeah. And without a sleeping mat, it's even fucking worse. Like, it's horrible without a sleeping mat. You will feel every grain of sand on that fucking ground. It sucks. So, a good... And I'll I'll even walk that back a little bit. It doesn't have to be really a good sleeping mat. Just a sleeping mat. Yeah, something. I've seen guys with yoga mats that go out there and, you know, do it for two or three days. Now, if you're out there for a week, you might want to find something better. Right. But two or three days, dude, a good, a cheap-ass yoga mat from Walmart will do you. Just And the biggest thing about that, the best part about that is, one, it's going to keep the dirts, the dirts, the, like, the rocks and sticks and shit out of your back. But number two, if it's really cold outside, it's going to keep you off the ground. Oh, yeah. Keep it's you gonna, insulated. Exactly. It's going to keep you insulated from that ground. Because the ground will suck the heat out of you. Absolutely. It does not matter how good of a sleeping bag you are. Because, see, I, I work in HVAC. And the way that insulation works is you have to have what's called dead air space. Mm-hmm. Which means you have to have space. Where there's dead air. Right. Meaning that air's not moving. It can't, you know, that's what insulation does. Yeah. Is it creates dead air space. So when you crush that insulation down, you lose what's called R value. I don't know what the fuck R means, but it's R value, which is basically how insulative that 
particular substance is. Okay. So R8 is usually what like good duct insulation is made out of. Is that like the pink stuff in my attic? The pink stuff in your attic is actually like R32. It's like the stuff that's like a four or five inches thick. That's yeah. like R32. Okay. R8 is like, it's wind compressed. So this is the... Is that, is, uh, is that, are you talking about like the yellow foamy looking stuff that goes around uh, ducks? Or um, is that something different? That's that's something different. Okay, never mind. From what I'm, from what if we're thinking about the same thing, that's something different. Okay. So it's basically it's like um, it's got a FSK facing, which is a foil scrib craft facing. It's basically it looks like aluminum foil on the outside of it. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So it's like it, the insulation itself is like two inches thick, really. Yeah. So the way that that works is at two inches thick, uncompressed, it has a value of R8. Sometimes you can get it in R12. Usually it's R8. If you squish that insulation down a half an inch, it goes down to R5. When you squish it down to when you squish it down to one inch, which is half of what it is, it is R2. Wow. It loses almost all of its insulation value, it just in half of its. You know what? Compression. You, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You see what I'm saying here. So think about a sleeping bag. Sleeping bag is about the same thing. Sleeping bag is about the same thing. It has an R value, just the same, you know, that's just a measure of insulation value. So the R value of a sleeping bag, we'll say it's 10. Okay. Once you lay on that sleeping bag... You compress it. You compress it. Yep. That R value just went way down. Yep. So that sleeping bag means nothing underneath you, basically. The only thing that means a damn underneath you is gonna be that little pad. Yeah. So in extreme cold environments, some people actually bring two pads. Really? Just yeah, yeah, just, for just heat. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just just for heat, not for comfort, for damn heat. Right. So a lot of people don't think about stuff like that, especially in climates like what we have around here in South Carolina. It's hot as balls all year long. Balls right now, and dude. It's, I was and the sun's down. That's what <laughs> I actually have a funny story. Speaking of hot as balls, I was at um I was at the shop today, and. We have a couple of black guys that work with us, and one of the black guys was talking to the other black guy, and I was sitting there talking. We were all talking together, and he looked at me, and he looked at the other guy. He said, man, oh, what, what the fuck? How did he exactly, exactly say? He said, man, it's so fucking hot lately. I feel like, he said, it's so fucking hot lately, I feel like a damn runaway. And I'm like, I, kinda, I, didn't, I didn't catch it at first, but he said, I feel like a runaway. And Reggie looked at him, and he kind of, like, chuckled for a second. And um, he's always looking over my shoulder for damn massa somewhere, man. It's hot <laughs> as a motherfucker out here. God damn, dude. That shit was hilarious. That's, that's probably the funniest thing I've heard all day. That was, that was excellent. That was excellent. That's a good one. So, anyways, our value's everything. Um, that sleeping bag it, doesn't it is, mean shit if it's compressed on the cold-ass ground. Is our value, like... A listed statistic on sleeping bags that I can look up or yes okay yes actually you can look up the R value on a sleeping bag yes okay cool anything that has any sort of insulative property you can look up the R value of okay it. there's R value in like thick tapes really some tapes actually have R value um, there's all kinds of stuff like um, insulation in some koozies you can look up R value of. Like Yeti koozies, you can look up the R value of it. Really? Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to, to look at. Coolers, stuff like that, you can look up yep. the R value of the coolers. Same kind of deal. But, yeah, a little sidebar there, but, yeah, kind of cool. Um, 
as far as sleeping bags, what I personally carry is going to be like the, it's, it's from Walmart because I'm poor. Um, it's the little summer cool sleeping bag and it's actually, I'm short, so it's actually the kids sleeping bag because <laughs> kids, it's the same thing except for it's made for someone between four foot six and five foot eight. Yeah. And I'm five foot five, so that's. I mean, it's kind of small, but it yeah. works just fine. Yeah. And it was like $30 cheaper. Right. And it's smaller. Yeah. And it's lighter. Yep. So I'm like, damn, that ticks all the marks, doesn't it? Yep. So yep. I went with the youth model just because it made the most economical sense. And we don't get really cold weather down here. So if I do decide to go out during the winter, I'll carry that sleeping bag, I'll carry my mat, and I'll, I have a good thick wool blanket that I'll carry. Yeah. And with those three things, on a 30 degree night, you can kind of stay warm. Yeah, honestly, most of our winters, you got a decent pair of wool socks, you'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's something that we'll cover like with clothing later. That's something that I want to cover totally on something different. But something that we're going to say in that episode, and I'll give you a sneak preview on, Always, always, always carry at least two pairs of socks for every day you're going to be gone. Two pairs of socks and two pairs of underwear. Because it fucking sucks to walk around in wet underwear or wet socks. That shit sucks. And it can kill you. Yep. Ask soldiers in World War One. Trench foot is a real fucking thing. And if you don't think it can hurt you, it's you're fucking wrong. Some real nasty shit. Yeah. And that being said, once again, something that we're going to hit on also in that clothing episode later is going to be wash your fucking feet if you don't wash anything else wash your fucking feet because that's what's going to keep you moving yep either way on onward um sleeping setups if you live in like a cold climate like minnesota something like that new york one of those upper areas you might want to look into like one of the military sleeping bags one of the sleep systems like marine corps has i know they I, I can't remember the exact acronym for it but it's a it's a pretty legit fucking sleep system like they they have it where you put all three layers together and i think it's good for like negative 20 really it's fuck yeah it's fucking hmm. ridiculous and when they're talking about negative 20 they mean like butt ass negative 20 right so you put clothes on you put clothes on and get in that sleeping bag, dude, you'll be good for whatever you're going to come up on. Yeah. So that that would be what I would recommend if it's a little bit colder. And, of course, I'm looking into doing any upgrading to that eventually because you can trim it down to where it's, like, just a top layer. Right. You know what I mean? You can just carry that. And even, even if it's supposed to be 100 degrees during the day, still carry a blanket. Yep. Because it, it really does suck to get hot as hell during the day. Everything's soaking wet. And then you get into the bed and it gets 75 degrees at night. 75 is cold when you've been yeah. hot as shit all day and yes, you're soaking wet. 75 is fucking cold, dude. So, there's that. So, we got, uh, we did tents, we did tarps, we did sleeping bags. Sleeping bags. What, uh... Pillows. 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 You gotta have pillows. Um, a lot of guys would argue, well, I'll just take my jacket fold it up use my jacket as a pillow i've done that it works works half-ass not fucking doing it again yeah you know what i mean i'm i've got a like just get a travel pillow like yeah. fucking really it, it weighs almost nothing you can stuff it 
in with your sleeping Come bag. Come out like one like, of the little neck pillow things? No, like one of the little small, like one foot by, or like foot and a half by one foot pillows. Oh, okay. small okay. ones. Well, hell, you, honestly, you might be able to get by with a neck pillow. It wouldn't be the best. I know. Uh, I, I tell yeah. you, I walk that back. You can't. You yeah, need a real laying pillow. down with a neck pillow, that would kind of suck. But I was thinking like put it behind your head instead of around your neck, but. Yeah, I mean, you, you may be able to get away with that, but. But I mean, honestly, it's not it's not that, that much. Yeah, and, and it's not that much smaller than a yeah. small pillow. Yeah. So, de- definitely carry a small pillow with you. That's 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 just kind of one of those things. And then the next step up to the mat and the pillow would be an inflatable mat and an inflatable pillow. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty expensive, and of course, if it holds air, it can also leak air. Yep. So that's something that that's something to keep in mind. You know what I mean? If, if it holds air, it's probably going to leak air, too, eventually. So, you kind of want to hedge your risk with that. And if you think you may be in a situation where you're going to have to get out and you're going to have to stay out for an extended period of time, you may not want to go with that inflatable one. You may want to just go ahead and go with the cheap yoga mat and be good with it. Right. You know, that, and that's, that's personally what I do, once again, because it's cheap. And I don't live out of a backpack very often. I mean, I do on occasion, but not enough to justify buying something like that. But, again, what you do get with the inflatable one is you can get them thicker. So, when you deflate them, they're actually smaller, of course, than the ones that are just foam. Mm Because they're the same size all the time, just rolled up. Yep. So, you can get them thicker so you can be further off the ground. And they're actually cooler in the summertime and warmer in the winter. Okay. Just because it's dead airspace. Yep. You know what I mean? It just works better. And the pillows are also, in my opinion, I... A lot of people praise the pillows and they really like them because they stay cooler. I don't fucking like them because I'm not used to sleeping with a balloon underneath my fucking head. And it's just, I can't get used to it. I've tried it once or twice. I can't get used to it. I don't like it. Fuck the whole world. I'm not, not, not my idea of a good time. So, I can't really think of, um... Of really anything else that you would need to take with you for uh, shelter, shelter and was, no. kind of sleeping, all that good stuff. That's about all I got. Yeah, I'm, I'm racking the brain here thinking of anything else, but I mean, something to sleep under and something to sleep on pretty much covers it. Yeah, that's um, that's pretty much it. So yeah, I think we're um, like we're gonna cut it there. Cool. I think we'll be good with that. Seems like we're just as bad at outros as we are at intros. Yeah, uh, but let's go ahead and do some plugs. Plugs. Uh, what are we plugging? Twitter? Instagram? Instagram is going to be campfire underscore freedom. And we do have a Discord. Uh, go ahead and jump on that. I will just message me, Gizmo, on Instagram, campfire underscore freedom, and I will send you the link to the Discord. We don't have many people in there right now. Uh, hopefully... One of these days we'll catch on and people will actually like what we're doing here. And, uh, yeah, get that. Uh, we got Clay over on the Twitter. I don't know if we have any followers yet. Uh, we working. don't. We have uh, no followers, no following, and no tweets. But uh, work in progress. It is Dead. at Yeah, it's uh, at Freedom Campfire on Twitter. Um, you know what? To tweet at us and I'll, I'll reply. That's going to be the shtick. Uh, no tweets, only responses. All right. I'm kidding. I'll tweet it sometime. <coughs> I hate uh, Twitter. Have I, have I gone on that rant? I fucking hate Twitter. Why? 
it's just like I don't know I guess it's my same gripe I have with all the other social media platforms at least in my personal life I don't if someone wants to know what I'm doing if a friend of mine wants to know what I'm doing that friend will text me or that friend will pick up the phone and call me I don't feel the need to put it out there for every Tom, Dick, and Harry that I've ever fucking met in my life to know what I had for dinner last night. That's fair. But. I mean, I guess my the reason I like social media is because I feel like, just like this podcast, it's a way for me to broadcast information. And you're right. It, it definitely is. It's a good tool, um, you know, for for spreading your message, I guess, but... I don't know, I've just... Or spreading your ass cheeks. Or spreading your ass cheeks. Uh, OnlyFans coming soon at, at Freedom Campfire on OnlyFans.com. Yep. <laughs> we're working on that. It's a work in progress. We're going to get some feet pics out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're going to do big things on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, that's, uh, that's, that's an the episode, show, I guess. Yeah. And uh, we said it on... I said it on Biting the Bullet, and I think it's going to be my new sign-off. What you get? Don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. That's a good one. Don't be an asshole, guys. Later. <laughs>